Welcome to the Arrive Podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians. My name is Jeremy Richards, along with fellow U.S. immigration lawyer Christine Jerusik. In today's show, we are going to be discussing entering the United States as a visitor. We see, we see and deal with this very often with Canadians coming to the United States with the border between Buffalo and Canada uh, and all of the bridges and, and easy access to the United States. Canadians and U.S. citizens can go back and forth between uh, the countries with ease because both Canadians and U.S. citizens are what is called visa exempt for each country. That means a Canadian can enter the United States without the need to obtain a visa. And likewise, a U.S. citizen can enter Canada without the need to obtain a visa. You can do it with a valid passport, a valid Nexus card, or any witty compliant document will allow you to go back and forth between the two countries, as long as the purpose of your visit falls within that visa exempt uh, category. So in today's discussion, we're going to give a few examples um, where this can become problematic, where your perceived visit to the United States leads to a refusal, because what you're doing doesn't fall within uh, that visa exempt status. So anybody that's approaching the United States is what is called an intending immigrant. That means everybody that seeks admission to the United States, that CBP officer or Customs and Border Protection officer automatically assumes that that person's intent is to come and immigrate to the United States. And it's upon the person seeking entry to the United States to prove otherwise, that their intent to visit the United States is not permanent, but rather temporary. And if they think that your entry is permanent, then they could stop your entry. Or they think that your visit falls outside of a visitor. Like, I mean, frankly, it's a very important job because if you think about it, citizens of other countries other than Canada don't have this ability to just show up at the border and ask for admission to the U.S. They have to actually mm -hmm. go through a process at the U.S. consulate in their home country where they attend an interview they submit an online form, which is very detailed, uh, seeking permission to enter the United States. And an officer outside the country actually makes a decision um, whether or not this person's admissible and will issue them a visa in their passport if they are admissible. An actual stamp, <clears throat> right. an actual sticker in the passport. Canadians don't get that. Yeah, right. Canadians don't need that to enter the U.S. So these border officers are really doing the job of these consular officers, which are usually vetting people outside the country. Um, they're doing the same thing right at the border. So there's a lot of scrutiny that goes into determining whether or not somebody's admissible. So Canada has the same thing as the United States. If, if you go into Canada, you have to go through inspection as well. And it's called CBSA or Canada Border Services Agency. Uh, and they will determine your admission to the U.S. I go all the time with my family and Christine I'm a dual citizen, so, so yeah. Her scrutiny is a little less, and <laughs> all of her family lives there, so um, she has a little bit easier time because she's Canadian. They can't keep her out. Um, but when I go with my family, they're always asking me the same thing as Canadians or other individuals coming to the United States. What are you doing? What's your purpose <clears throat> of your visit? 
mine's typically we're we're going camping or you know we're going to the great wolf lodge or whatever it is it's it's always for pleasure and once they determine it's for pleasure and you're not immigrating then it's a quick smile and wave and have a nice day um but that that conversation can go south pretty quick depending on the answers you give to that officer um so to emphasize this point, we have a couple uh, a couple cases that we've had recently. Um, one of them is somebody who is trying to enter the United States as a visitor, and one of them who is somebody who is trying to enter the United States as a business visitor. And they're really two separate categories under under the visitor rule to the United States. The first one is actually a pretty crazy story. So. What it is, is a, a mother was trying to bring her son to the United States whom she hasn't, hadn't seen in, in over 20 years because her son had been abducted by her ex-husband. And uh, now that son had immigrated to Canada and obtained a Canadian passport. And with that Canadian passport, he was trying to enter the United States to be reunited with his mother. Well, at the same time, his mother had already filed for immigration status for her son in the United States. She had filed what is called a petition for alien relative. In other words, her as a U.S. citizen was sponsoring her son to come to the United States to live permanently with her. So she had already filed a petition for her son to come to immigrate to the United States. So her due to her profession and we won't give too many details uh she wasn't able to travel to canada to visit her son uh so her husband went to canada to pick up her son and bring him back to the united states and when they're at the airport the her u.s citizen husband was with her son and cbp was asking them well what's the purpose of your visit to the united states and they said that they were coming that he was that the son was coming to immigrate to the United States. Their purpose was to reunite her with her mother and he was moving to the United States. Big red flag. You can't immigrate to the United States as a visitor or on a visitor visa. So what happened? He was refused entry to the United States as what they call an intending immigrant and not having the proper visa to do that. He can come in as an immigrant, but he would have to wait until that petition that his mother filed for him has been approved and then come in on an immigrant visa and therefore obtain a green card uh, before he can enter as an immigrant. So what happened? He's refused entry to the United States. The for obvious reasons, uh, was panicking. She wants to see her son. She hasn't seen in, in 20 years. They want to be reunited. And she she was not understanding how come my son i'm a u.s citizen he's coming to visit me how come they won't let him in the country i need to see my son and a lot of frustration uh having your son refuse entry to the united states so at that point what we did is we were able to get in contact with customs and border protection and we were able to rectify the situation and what do i mean by that we were able to discuss with the mother and her son the proper procedure for entering the United States as a visitor, that he can't come in and immigrate at this time. They filed the proper paperwork, but they need to wait 
for him to immigrate. And if he wants to come before that's approved, then he has to come as a visitor. And coming as a visitor is different than coming as an immigrant, meaning you have to show that you're returning to your home country after a temporary visit to the United States. If you can convince them at that point that your intent isn't to immigrate, but rather to visit, then they can change their minds and allow you to enter as a visitor. So what we did with them is we were able to put together a package of information, including affidavits and proof of ties to Canada and proof of intent to return to show that his intent, however, is to immigrate in the future, wasn't to immigrate at this time. That at the moment, he just wanted to be reunited with his mother. So with this evidence, he was able to return to the port of entry. He was able to convince the border officers that his intent was not to immigrate at this time. And he just wanted a temporary entry so he could go in and be reunited with his mother. And with that evidence, he was able to convince them of that. And they allowed him to enter the United States. So one important thing to note about that type of a situation is that the border officer can't let you into the U.S. if they don't think you're going to leave. So if you say something or do something um, somehow to tip them off that you're planning on staying in the United States or that you don't have the intention of going home at the end of your visit, um, they can very easily bar you from being admitted to the United States for that visit. Um, and some of the important things to bring with you, um, you know, to demonstrate that, is especially if you're coming as a visitor to the U.S., that maybe is coming for an extended visit to see family members or even to visit a spouse, is that proof that you're coming back to your home country. Um, and, and some of the things, and I know Jeremy can agree with me on this, that they like to see are proof of uh, foreign residents. So proof of your house in Canada, of your apartment, your Bring a lease, a copy of your lease with you. Bring a copy of your mortgage with you, um, showing that you're maintaining a residence there. Um, and one of the other important things they like to see is uh, that evidence that you're working in Canada, that you have a Canadian employer. Um, that gives them confidence that you're not going to be working in the U.S. or seeking a job here illegally, um, that you already have employment in Canada that you need to return to. Yeah, and those are probably two of the best right there. Residence and employment. Uh, or school, if you're going to school full-time, right? Maybe yeah, that's another good option. Attending University of Toronto or whatever it might be. Um, also, return ticket. So if you're flying one way, that could be a red flag. Hey, yeah, the return ticket is key. If, if you have a one-way ticket, that's a red flag right there. You can expect questions about when you're going to be returning to Canada, and they may even take it to that next level and ask you for proof that you're coming back. And in this case that we, we just discussed... He had only been in the in Canada for a very short period of time. We're talking less than a month, so he didn't have a lot of this proof. So when when was, he, that, was that gentleman flying by air or was air, he traveling yeah. by car? He, he was, was there. He was, he was going by air. Okay. Uh -huh. um, but he didn't have this a lot of this proof, so we had to show it by affidavits, sworn statements that hey, I'm my intent right now is just to visit. And he and, and to top it off, he, he was attending online school, which makes it even more difficult because you can attend that from anywhere. You can come to the U.S. and do online school. I think he was staying in an Airbnb, so he had all of these factors against him. And he also he also he also said, "I'm immigrating," which is yeah. you know on top of that. Yeah. So 
Um, well, one of the if you're traveling by car to the U.S., you're not going to have a return ticket, so you can expect a little bit of scrutiny on that as well. When yeah. are you coming back? Because you don't have any proof that you're returning, and your car's full of luggage, right? You, yeah, you got to like, be you got to be careful what you bring of luggage, with you. or you're in a U-Haul truck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if you're traveling, I had a a client recently who was trying to visit the United States, and she brought her cat with her in a cat carrier. Yeah. Um, and told the officer that she was coming for a two week visit. And the officer didn't believe her because she had her pet with her yeah. um, and refused her entry. She was very upset. She was coming to visit her spouse. But, um, you know, the officer had every right to believe that she wasn't coming back if she was bringing those important things with her. Yeah. So you got to be care- careful what you're bringing along with you as well. Right. Uh, so that's a good point. Uh, yeah, we see that a lot with pets. Some people um, really love their animals. Um, which I have a dog. Who doesn't? I love my dog. Who doesn't love their animals? I have the best dog in the world, by the way. <laughs> She's the best. Um, other other case in point, uh, we had some business visitors that were trying to enter the United States. So moving on to our, our second example, and this one is a, a business visitor. Uh, you can come to the United States as, as a visitor for pleasure is what they call it, or a visitor for business. And this company was sending individuals to the United States to perform service actually in the, De- in the Detroit area in uh, the auto factories over there. And they'd been coming for years as business visitors to go down and perform service on machines. And this, upon this entry, the border officer happened to ask a little more detailed questions about the visit. The individual initially said, yeah, I'm going in to attend meetings at a client site, which you can do as a business visitor. You're allowed to attend meetings in the United States. And the officer proceeded to ask more questions, digging into, oh, well, what are you really doing in the United States? And as the officer dug, the officer found out, well, this individual was being paid by a Canadian company to come to the United States to service a contract between the Canadian employer and a U.S. entity and provide services to a U.S. entity. In order to do that, you need a proper work visa. If you're being paid to be in the United States and the end result of what you're doing benefits a U.S. company, that requires a work visa. So this individual, there was actually several of them, that were they were refused entry to the United States, even though they'd been coming to the United States for years as business visitors. Once that officer found out that these individuals were being paid to be here and provide services to a U.S. entity, they were refused entry. So in that case, the the burden of proof is a little bit different. Uh, it's clear these people aren't coming to immigrate to the United States, but as a business visitor, the burden is changes. Your burden as a business visitor is to prove that you are not going to be engaged in what is called productive work in the United States. You're not being paid to be in the United States to provide services to a U.S. entity. As long as you're not doing that, in most cases you can come to the United States as a business visitor. And it actually gets pretty tricky. There's There are a lot of exemptions under the business visitor uh, exemptions. So it, when this happens and you refuse because the officer says, oh, you're working, now the burden shifts and in order to enter, you needed to prove either that what you're doing falls under a business exemption or you have to come back with proof that you qualify for a work visa. So for these individuals, luckily, we were able to show that they qualified for a work visa under the USMCA or NAFTA on the TN visa. And they were able to prove 
that they were in fact scientific engineering technician technologists is what they're called and that they were working under the direction of an engineer in the United States at these auto plants and they were providing services that fell within that TN visa profession and they were able to obtain the proper work visa to come in and do what they were doing. So, you know, one thing to take away from that is if you are planning to come into the United States for any kind of work purpose, um, whether it's for your Canadian employer or you have an engagement with a U.S. company, you should always check first with an immigration attorney to see whether it's permissible. Um, and, and that way you won't run into trouble at the border, which could delay your entry um, or even prevent your entry if you miss do an engagement miss and then miss a work engagement That's in the United we see States. A lot. Yeah, you're missing. You have a contract and you're not able to fulfill the contract because you just got refused. Right. So it's important to, you know, make sure that you are admissible as a, a business visitor or if, you know, check and see if maybe you need a work visa. Um, so you want to give your immigration attorney a call to determine that before you travel. Um, I've ha heard stories of clients that have traveled with their employer to, to the United States and been, you know, they're inadmissible, but the employer isn't because they have a work visa um, and it can, you know, put a real wrinkle in that, in that work trip uh, if somebody can't get in. Mad employer, mad employee, mad client. Yeah, not a good situation. And actually another one just came to mind that I was dealing with yesterday um, where the individual, the, the employer didn't share all the facts and neither did the individual, which makes it hard to give good advice on what visa options are available. Well, based on the information we received from, from both the employer and the employee, this individual is coming to the United States as a consultant to provide consulting services. Um, went to, went to the airport to seek entry, was refused entry and was told all these sorts of reasons. And anyway, we, we were able to find out the root cause of the refusal. And the root cause was that this individual actually didn't need a visa based on the facts. So what we were able to do is get all of the information from the employer that, uh, that was needed and able to show that this individual actually could come as a business visitor. Uh, because he was coming in to perform what is called after-sales service, which is an exemption under a business visitor visa. And there are some some factors that have to be met in order to meet that, but they met them all. They had a contract. They were able to show that this individual can come in as a business visitor and didn't, in fact, need a visa. So it goes the other way, too. So sometimes you are told you need a work visa when, in fact, you don't need a work visa. You do qualify as a business visitor. So it's important to have all the facts in front of you to, to make that determination. Definitely. So in general, some of the things that you can expect uh, when entering the United States as either a business visitor or a visitor for pleasure are the burden is on you. You need to, you need to prove to that border officer that what you're coming to the United States to do falls within those exemptions. If you're a visitor for pleasure, you need to, prove the things that Christine and I already discussed. You need to prove that that you don't have, let's say, a criminal background that could deny you entry, True, right? If another, you have a criminal yeah. background, they could keep you out for that, mm -hmm. which could lead to the need for a waiver in order to enter the United States. Prove that you have a round-trip ticket. Prove that you have a residence. Prove that you have employment. Prove that you have family. Proof that you have school, all of these things, that you have a car, that you have Canadian health insurance and benefits, those all show your ties to Canada and can support your entry as a visitor. 
If you're coming as a business visitor, it can be a little bit more complicated because you have to show that you fall within those limited exemptions exemptions as a business visitor, and it doesn't require a work visa. I, I think in general, if you're coming as a visitor for pleasure, just keep in mind that you're subject to inspection, your goods are subject to inspection, and you're presumed to be emigrating to the United States. So be able to explain to the officer how you're not doing that if they ask you about that, um, because that's their job. They're, they're going to be asking you about that. Um, and, and just keep in mind that you're open to inspection. They can ask you any questions they need to determine the reason that you're being admitted, that you're coming to the United States. They can search your vehicle. They can search your phone. They can right. search anything that you have with you. So any goods you're bringing, any luggage, whatever it is that you have with you. Another thing is uh, if you're you're coming to the United States and you're saying you're a business visitor, yet you have a whole tool chest with you. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's kind of proof that you're going to be doing some hands-on work in the U.S. Which, in most cases, uh, is not a, permissible. You right. need a work visa. Yeah. So all of these little things, officers w can can look at to make a determination whether or not they you're admissible to the United States as either a business visitor or uh, a visitor for pleasure. And one thing I want to end on here, which is probably the most important thing you can do when entering the United States, is tell the truth. Never misrepresent or lie to a border officer. That can get you a bar to entering the United States for a period of time that you don't want to face. Which is a lifetime bar for fraud. Correct. So you, you can get a waiver, but it's hard to get. And yeah, in general, my, don't lie. Don't lie. Tell the truth to the border officer. Never misrepresent the purpose of your entry, and you should be fine. Exactly. Uh, we, we do not condone lying to border officers. Uh, present the facts uh, that they that you need to enter and, and be truthful when you do that. Thank you for listening to the Arrive podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and join us next time as we continue to discuss U.S. immigration law topics. Thank you for listening and have a great day.